Welcome to episode number one of the Finding True Health podcast. Hey there, friends. My name is Jenna Waite. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, mother of five, and someone who's passionate about helping others find true health in the midst of diet culture and body objectification. Join me as we take our focus off of weight and body size and put it on to becoming the healthiest possible versions of ourselves so that we can have energy to live our best lives. I'm so excited you're here. Now let's dive in. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here recording my first ever podcast episode. Today, I just want to share a little bit about me and my story and explain why I am starting this podcast. Now, I plan on sharing more of my personal story here and there throughout future episodes, but I kind of want to give you a Reader's Digest version, if you will. So let's start with my childhood, shall we? I was born in 1980, just as Richard Simmons and Jane Fonda were reaching aerobic fitness fame, and although I've always been what I'd call big-boned, I was still a pretty average-sized kid until around 10 years old, when I started gaining a little extra weight, as many prepubescent girls do, and I just remember becoming really ashamed of my body around that time, and I remember looking at pictures of me with my petite younger sisters or my slimmer cousins and noticing that my body seemed so big next to theirs and feeling like that was a big problem. Now, I grew up in Southern California, and there's this pizza buffet that we would go to as a family where they charged kids based on their weight. You know, that sounds awful, and <laughs> that type of uh, buffet would never be acceptable these days, thankfully. But um, that's the only place that I would weigh myself at that time. And I remember being so worried every time I had to get on that scale. I have a really clear memory of when we went to eat there one day and I had hit 100 pounds. And I was so embarrassed. Now, I don't know why that number seemed so important and shameful to me. But that's when I started really caring about the number on the scale. And I continued caring for the next 30 years or so. Now, just before I turned 13, we moved to Southern Utah and I entered the glorious world of middle school. I have quite a few stories of being shamed by other kids because of my weight and of well-meaning adults offering me weight loss advice and making unsolicited comments about my body. I won't dive too deep into all of those incidents, but I definitely received the message loud and clear from many of those around me, along, of course, with the media and society as a whole that my body was somehow wrong because it was bigger than what was socially acceptable, and that that was something to be very ashamed of. Now, I also had many wonderful friends and family members who accepted and who loved me and did not make my body size an issue at all. But it seemed like every time I started accepting myself and maybe stopped focusing on my weight, I'd get another comment or another insult that would knock me back down. And so it's really no wonder that with all of these messages, my body image and my self-esteem really began to suffer in my early teens. One pivotal moment of my youth was when I was 13 years old. My mom had a baby girl and she named her Kimberly. And I remember holding baby Kim and worrying that she would be ashamed of her big sister when she grew up because I was bigger. And it was at this point that my inner shame combined with the outer shaming that I was receiving led me to commit to trying to lose weight and to, quote, fix my body. Now, fortunately, most of the women in my life weren't very big dieters. I know this is the point in a lot of people's stories 
where they start dieting. And thankfully, I was never really exposed to official diets. And so instead of going on a diet, I really just started paying more attention to what I was eating and how much I was exercising. Now, unfortunately, this was in the mid-90s when the low-fat movement was in full swing. And of course, diet culture could still be found everywhere, as is still the case today. So although I wasn't officially dieting, I was still making food and movement choices from a place of diet mentality. And my main focus was on weight loss, not necessarily on health. But during that time, I did start to realize how much better I felt when I moved more and when I ate foods that fueled my body. And that's really when my love of health began. My my love of health and wellness and just of taking care of my body began. Now, after a year or two of just kind of paying more attention and trying to be healthier, I did get to a more socially acceptable size. And although I was never as thin as I would have liked to be, of course, at least the hurtful body comments stopped by the time I was about 15 or 16. And although I was really happy about that, I noticed that I was beginning to be treated differently by some people. And that made me a bit sad, to be honest, and a little bit angry I was still the same person as I was before. I was just in a smaller body now. So why should I be treated any differently? I think that's when a little seed was planted as I realized to some small degree how weight stigma plays a role in how people are treated based on the size of their body in our society. And this was long before we had you know body positivity movements and um, kind of mo- uh, health at every size type movements, which I am such a huge fan of. But I really, um, just from that early age, started realizing the injustices that uh, people in larger bodies had. So through my teen years, I was always really aware of what I ate and how much I exercised and what I weighed. And I could tell you how many calories were in pretty much any food that you asked me. But I still wouldn't say I was super restrictive with what I or how I ate. However, once I moved away from home and I did did a little bit of traveling, um, I went away to college and I became more and more restrictive with my food at that time and more extreme with my exercising as well. And that's when I found myself kind of heading down the path of an eating disorder. Each day I'd try to eat as little as possible with exercising for probably one or two hours most days of the week. And then I'd find myself feeling out of control with food at night, and I began having episodes of binging. Now, thankfully, I entered the dietetics program at Brigham Young University right around the same time, and through learning about the proper way to care for my body, my eating disorder tendencies resolved before getting too serious. So I was really lucky in that regard. However, some of the things still being taught to health professionals in school are problematic. And some of the things that were taught to me were problematic. And we're going to get into that in future episodes. And I still continued, of course, because again, I live in this world that we all live in, to be overly concerned with my body size and the number on the scale really throughout the next couple decades of my life. So moving into adult life, I got married in my mid-20s and began having kids pretty quickly. And that's when the pendulum began swinging a little bit too far in the other direction. I became so consumed with motherhood and I convinced myself that I just didn't have time to exercise at all anymore, probably because in my mind, a workout had to be at least an hour long or it didn't quote count or it wasn't worth doing. Um, So of course, I didn't have time for that. And as a new mom, I wasn't getting a lot of sleep and I wasn't really taking time for regular meals. 
And I also had a wonderful husband who had been a bachelor for seven years before we met and had very different eating habits and food preference than I ha- preferences than I had. And I found myself catering a little bit too much to his preferences for fast food and pizza and and frozen meals and things like that. And plus, that was just a heck of a lot easier to have those types of meals, again, as I'm trying to juggle all these kids that that I'm starting to have. Now, I'm a dietitian, so of course I still made sure that we ate vegetables and got a home-cooked meal at least a few nights a week, and I'd still exercise every now and again, but the consistency just wasn't there. Now, for For people who have dieted or who have been restrictive with their eating like I had, it's pretty common and sometimes really necessary to swing to the opposite end of the spectrum like I did. But after so many years of putting my healthy habits on the back burner and putting everyone else's needs ahead of my own, and let's be honest, of using my kids as an excuse sometimes to not do the things that I knew would serve my health, I began to feel my energy levels and my overall health really suffering. And my weight creeped up and up, and so my body image took a huge nosedive. And then came my turning point. Shortly after giving birth to my fifth child, I was tired of feeling sluggish. I was nearing the heaviest I'd ever been. And it seemed like all of those thoughts of self-loathing and of worthlessness really came flooding back to me. And I found myself in my bathroom one morning, once again, just beating myself up for how I looked. And at that moment, I had a powerful experience. And that was the beginning of a big change of heart I had for my body. Two distinct thoughts entered my mind and really pierced my heart. And the first one was, you're focused on the wrong thing. I realized that I had been focusing on my weight and my body size, and it was not helpful. It wasn't serving me mentally, emotionally, or physically. And the second thought I had was, your body is amazing. I realized that I was being so ungrateful for the amazing miracle that my body was and for all that it helped me to do and to experience in my life for the five children it allowed me to have and just for the amazing piece of machinery it was. And so I knew right then that I wanted to work on taking my focus off of my body size and of really truly appreciating and respecting my body and just allowing it to be whatever size it decided to be. But I still also knew that I wanted to improve my health and my energy, and I knew that there was definitely some room for improvement there. And I wondered where I should put my focus instead if I knew I didn't want it to be on weight loss and hating my body and dieting or anything like that. I knew that diets definitely weren't the answer. But I, again, I just didn't quite know where to put my focus or what my path forward should look like. A couple of months later, I, at Christmas time, I got a book that I'd asked for as a gift called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Now there's a good chance that you've heard of that book before. It's a really popular book now, but it had just recently been published when I received it. And I read it within a few days of getting it. And that's when I knew that my, I wanted my focus to be on habit formation, I spent the next year reading lots more books on the subject, pretty much any book that I could find on habit formation, and I really created a framework for creating new habits in my life and and getting some more healthy habits. I knew it was those small, sustainable steps over time that was really going to move the needle forward on my health. Now, I also knew that I had a lot of work to do on the mental front with changing my thoughts and my beliefs about my body, 
So I also began reading and learning a lot about cognitive behavioral therapy and about acceptance commitment therapy. And I also studied dozens and dozens of different health books uh, related to intuitive eating and health at every size, uh, gut health, just lots of different books to really learn the science behind those kinds of concepts. Once I started focusing on my habits, both my mental and my physical habits, everything changed. Now, fast forward, uh, that was, I don't know, three or four years ago, I no longer feel like I'm at war with my body. I try really hard to make healthy choices because I love my body and I want to treat it well and not because I feel like it should look a certain way. It's not always easy, I have to admit, to accept my body no matter its size, but it's a whole lot easier than it used to be. I also have plenty of energy each day to chase my five kids around. I just feel so much better and I'm reminded of when I was a teenager and started really taking care of myself and just the realization of how important health is and I have lots and lots of ideas and of tips that I'm excited to share in this podcast that will hopefully help you in your journey to accepting and loving your body as well as becoming healthy and how to make your health journey a little bit easier. I've also created an awesome online course called Health Through Habits that helps walk people step-by-step through the science of habit formation and how to fill your life with simple, sustainable, healthy habits. And if you're interested, you can check that out at healththroughhabits.com, or you can find the link on my website at jennawaite.com. So that brings us up to this moment. Why am I starting a podcast? What is my mission, if you will? Well, I truly just want to help as many women as possible find the same peace and appreciation for their body that I have and help them get their focus off of weight and just put it onto being truly healthy. Also, that little seed that was planted in me as a teenager about the injustices of weight stigma has really grown over the years, and I want to be another voice advocating for equal treatment of all, regardless of body size. I would love, love, love to see our society stop focusing so much on weight and stop sending messages that people in smaller bodies are superior in any way to those in larger ones. And really just stop using bodies to objectify people and um, focusing so much on how people look. But as passionate as I am about helping end weight stigma, I'm equally as passionate about health. I love helping others develop healthy habits that are sustainable and that help them be the healthiest version of themselves as they can and so that they can have energy to just live their lives and have better moods and just better overall health in general. So I am on a mission to share the truth that I've learned over the years through my research, through my dietetics training, and also through my personal experiences and the personal the experiences of my students and clients as they give permission. And I'm excited to join the other voices out there that are encouraging weight-neutral, health-focused lifestyles. Of course, I have opinions and biases based on my own life experiences and those of my clients, but... I know, as with most things in life, that there's a lot of nuance in regards to health. I'm a big fan of things like pros and cons lists because they take things out of the area of black and white and they show us all the gray. And plus, people don't generally like being told what to do, like that there's only one way to do things. They usually prefer being given the facts and then being able to come up with a choice and a path that works best for them. 
Now, I realize that health can even be a touchy subject for many people, and it can make people really upset sometimes. And that's one of the reasons that I've kind of hesitated even doing a podcast, because I know that it's kind of one of those minefields that I'm walking into, and I'm a pretty sensitive person. I don't do super well with criticism, and most people don't like criticism, but I am trying to learn how to deal with it and how to not take it personally. And I feel like this is important enough that I'm willing to put myself out there a bit for um, this subject. And I know that some people don't want to hear about how we shouldn't be focused on weight loss and that we should just let our bodies be the size that they want to be. Want to be. And some people don't want to hear that it's as simple as making small incremental habit, habit changes in our life that will lead to ultimate health and happiness as far as our bodies go. Some people are just going to disagree with me on a number of things, and that's okay. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, and I've had my various opinions over the years, uh, some of which I've come to realize are wrong, and I've been grateful eventually for the people that pointed that out to me. Maybe not always grateful in the moment, but I'm also still always learning and evolving, and uh, the field of nutrition is an ever-evolving field, and so I hope to continue learning and growing until the day I die. So anyway, if this is something that offends you, if this type of a topic offends you, that if it upsets you, I promise I will not be offended or upset if you choose not to listen to this podcast. But if you are interested in learning a lot of the science, what science is saying in this area, um, what I have found to be personally true in my own life and in the lives of many, many others, or if you're willing to have an open mind about these topics, then this podcast could be a great fit for you. So that leads me into the final thing that I want to talk about in this episode. Who is this show for? Well, this show is for you if you want to improve your health, but you don't want to go about it by dieting or tracking your food or following the latest food craze. You're ready to ditch dieting or maybe never get started on dieting in the first place, um, but you still want to be healthy. It's for you if you're sick of hating your body and you're sick of trying to mold it, mold yourself to fit some unrealistic beauty standard. You maybe just want to feel peace in regards to your body and be able to just accept and appreciate it. It's also for you if you want to learn how to get better at tuning into your body's signals and eat more intuitively, not having to obsess about everything little, every little thing you eat. And this podcast is also for you if you're confused about all of the contradictory advice that you hear about health and nutrition, and maybe you just want to gain some clarity about what the science and the research actually says and what true health really means. Now, this podcast is not for you, like I mentioned, if none of these topics interest you, or if you're le- you're looking for a quick fix or some tips and tricks to reach some arbitrary goal weight. Um, find a way to shrink your body quickly. This is not for you if you currently have an eating disorder and you aren't being treated by a weight-inclusive therapist or dietitian or a team. I don't specialize in or focus on eating disorders, but this is going to be definitely a safe place for people who are in recovery from an eating disorder. So if you need to get a little more personalized care outside, and then come to this podcast, maybe when you've healed a little bit of your um, your eating disorder tendencies, then that would be fantastic. I'd love to have you here. I'm also not a really big fan of strong language or lots of drama. No judgment for those of you who like those kinds of things. But for those who might be more like me or who want to listen with their kids around, I promise to keep this podcast squeaky clean and respectful and pretty low drama 
So if drama and strong language is something that you really enjoy, this might not be the podcast for you. So what is what lies ahead for us? Well, I am so excited because we're going to be having some deep, thought-provoking conversations, some awesome guest interviews. I also hope to answer any questions that you might have about health or intuitive eating or body image or health at every size. You can always DM me, DM me on Instagram. My handle is at Jennawaite underscore RDN, stands for Registered Dietitian Nutritionist, RDN with any suggestions or questions or anything that you might want to hear on the podcast. So as we wrap up this first episode, I want to encourage you this week to just start becoming more aware of your relationship with food and your relationship with your body. Start just recognizing kind of your thoughts that you're having around them and some of your behaviors. We're going to be diving deep into these each of these topics later on in this podcast. But before you can make any forward progress in any area of your life, really, you need, to, you need awareness. You need to have a good picture of where you are right now. So I encourage you to just start forming that awareness. And I am really looking forward to our next, next episode together and to all of our time together in the future. I would love, love for you to subscribe to this podcast, share it with others that you think it might be beneficial to. And I'm just excited for what lies ahead. So thank you so much for joining me and I will talk to you soon. 